was Native in the Name with the hit single Billy Biggs Pit. You can find that now on all kinds of uh, places to buy. Hello and welcome to. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't keep that up. I can't keep that up. Uh, this is episode number six of the All New Right for Your Life podcast. Um, and I'm joined by Mike. Hello. As always. Uh, and um, today is going to be a very technical. Um, episode of the podcast in a way because we're going to be talking about the new iPad as it is actually called and I'm going to talk a little bit about Facebook, Facebook profiles and the horrors and calamities that you can end up confronted with when you don't do your research as I didn't <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and the idea of how you present yourself online as a writer, that kind of thing because it's all it's all things that we kind of have to do these days, um, as writers, and um, and it can be a it can be a bumpy old road. So I'll talk a little bit about that later on too. But first, the iPad. Now, yes. Mike, how much have you talked about the iPad since it was announced, both um, public both publicly and on the airwaves? Quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, on the airwaves, in on the Bro Show mainly, um, spoke about it a little bit. On cooking with um, Brett and Mike today as well, but um, I guess we talk about it from a different perspective here, right? Which is nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yes, yeah, a sort of a writer slash reader perspective, I guess. So, what was your opinion? Tell me your opinion. Well, first of all, our entire conversation last week about Office for iPad. Um, is entirely redundant. We can basically cut that 15 minutes out of not just our lives, but anyone who listened to it. They'll never get that back, um, and neither will we, because it didn't happen. There is no office for iPad. There's not even a sniff nor a mention. I still think it's coming, but just not yet. Yes, I suppose it was a bit optimistic to think that they would have office for iPad when they haven't even got office for their own tablet out in the public in the public arena yet um but that's coming soon too of course so we're told um so i mean not i mean i guess there is nothing really to follow up on that other than other than it just didn't happen <laughs> which is a shame <laughs> which is a bit of a shame um yeah but my my uh, opinion overall is that um it looks amazing i suppose i mean it's amazing in a kind of the ipad already is amazing i've still got the first one and it's still i still kind of it's still awesome in so many ways it's just you know an amazing piece of technology that's all there is to it and the thing that the thing that apple did of course was that they launched this amazing product from day one when no one else had anything like it and um and no one's even now, like the the tablets that are being released now, are just nowhere near. So the the, the whole Retina display that's on the new version of, uh, the, on the new iPad is you know it's just it's light years in front of everything else. It's just it's by far the most cutting edge piece of I guess consumer technology um, going. I mean, everyone kind of all the rumours were that that were that's what it was going to be, and it's um, no real surprise, but. And of course, no, we haven't. Uh, the likes of you and I, and uh, the general public at large, haven't used this and don't really know what retina, what the retina display will look like. But um, having seen the difference between um, the display on a non-retina iPhone to when they launched 
the Retina display on the iPhone 4. I mean, it was incredible. It was just chalk and cheese. It was just a completely different experience. Um, and if they can replicate that with the iPad then, which I'm sure they have, otherwise they wouldn't have released it, then it's, yeah, something to behold. It's kind of an, it's kind of a, the sort of thing that people can't really understand until they actually use it. And now yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to using it. I'm, I'm probably not going to get one, but that's entirely to do with money. Um, and, but, and because my original iPad still does all lots of things fantastically well, but I'm looking forward to finding out what it's like to read, um, read good old text. Cause, um, I think that it, with the retina display, the iPad might actually finally be able to rival the Kindle in terms of sitting down and reading for a reasonably long period of time. Cause that's the one thing that the iPad isn't really. It's not a dedicated e-reader. Um, it is much bigger, much heavier and harder on the eye after a while than the Kindle, which is light and kind of very cheap. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I hesitate to use this word, but it's kind of a bit throwaway. If you lost one you, or dropped it in the bath, you'd be very upset, but you'd probably get over it. If you dropped Wouldn't your iPad in the bath. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you dropped your iPad in the bath. Well, first of all, what are you doing with the iPad in the bath? <laughs> um, but if you were to drop it, then, yeah, you're going to be very upset. So, yeah, they're, not, they're, they're still not entirely competing, I think that's fair to say, but in terms of actually wanting to read on something... Um, then it's would all typically for a long period of time. Then you would typically go for the Kindle, or the Nook, I guess, or any of the e-ink uh, readers. But I think the Retina display is just going to be so stunning, so incredible to uh, to look at um, that that it, it could finally kind of be thought of as uh, a genuine e-reader. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder um, in regards to the Kindle. I mean, because the Kindle is so comfortable to read and. I wonder if that's because the e-ink screen is so clear or if there's because there's no backlight or, or what. I wonder if, like, because I've always said that I much prefer if I was going to read something to read it on a Kindle than on my iPad. Um, but I wonder if that's just because the screen isn't as clear um, as opposed to it really being anything else. So I will be excited to try that out. Yeah, and it's not just about the thing with the retina, the retina display. It's not that it's... It's not just that it's clearer. There's almost there's something intangible about it. It's you can't quite put your finger on why it's so much better. And it's the, I think it's part of this whole the way that it works. It kind of feels like the the text or, or or whatever it is actually on the iPad, whether it's images or text. But it feels like it's kind of um, it's kind of of the glass. It's of the screen. It's not kind of sat beneath it. It doesn't look like a computer has always looked. You know, a computer screen. Um, has always looked like a computer screen. When you when you see the Retina display on this is on the iPhone, of course. I haven't seen the iPad, but when you see it, it's it's it is kind of um, hard to believe. It's kind of hard. You kind of look at it and think, "Wow, that's incredible!" It's really, it's genuinely, it's genuinely kind of jaw dropping. It's like how is how is that working? It just feels like it's resting on the surface, like the text is um, not really of the screen. It's kind of part of it almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to put a link um, in the show notes today to Apple's video that they made about the iPad because they do go in, they try and explain um, as simply as possible, but it's still quite quite complex about what, what they do, but they actually find a way to raise the pixels um, to bring them closer to the screen. 
um, than other devices and, and they do all this other fancy stuff but the actual pixels themselves are closer to the screen and a lot of people say that it's like it's like they've been painted on um, to the actual glass themselves which is quite accurate to say I mean with the iPhone and apparently I mean there's a lot of people are saying that the um, the retina display on the iPad is um, pretty much the best display they've ever seen not just on a mobile device mm. so I mean I'm really excited to, to play with one I'm going to America at the end of April America so going all the way over to America um, and I'm going to be picking one up there um, just because I mean I save like of course. Eight, it's only about 80 or 90 quid, I save. Well, only? That's the price of a Kindle, which is... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, but when you're paying £400 or something, 80 or £90 is not... You know, it's a saving, but it's not a massive, massive saving. It's not like... It's not even... It's like 20% or something, but... So that's actually pretty good when you put it in those terms. But anyway, it's not the hundreds um, of pounds that I would have saved if the economy hadn't crashed. Mm. Um but, but uh, between then, between now and then, I'm going to try my utmost best to stay away from Apple stores, um, because I know if I go in there and look at one, then I will, I will find it very difficult to not spend all of my spending money. An excellent way of um, reminding yourself not to spend any money on things like iPads is, is to buy your first house, as I just done, and then you oh. realise you have no money for anything else <laughs> ever. No. I will try my best to buy a new house over the next couple of weeks to stop myself buying a new iPad. That's great advice, sound advice from the Right for Your Life podcast. Indeed. Uh, get your roof plastered, as in the ceiling, not the actual roof. That will that won't go. You need that tile. <laughs> that will definitely cost you more money in the long run it if will. you plaster your roof. So is the so yeah, so my question I guess that my, my my question really is if I had the new iPad and I had my Kindle, which one would I want to read on the most? I kind of think it will still be the Kindle, because even though the amazing display of the iPad will be uh, much, much better and a completely different reading experience, I think, I think that actually the biggest deal of the Kindle, and uh, by comparison, is its is its not necessarily its size, actually, but its, its, its weight, um, and the new iPad is, I think, even slightly, very, I mean, when I say it's heavier, it is heavier, but it's like a fraction heavier. But it is still going to be the same kind of weight. And that's the only thing that's really put me off um, when I've, or I've found difficult or frustrating when I've been using the iPad to read um, anything for any length of time. Is, it's just that it gets heavy when you're sat holding it um, after a while. Whereas, of course, the Kindle is so much lighter and that doesn't really affects it so i kind of i feel like i probably still will end up going to the kindle to read fiction for instance read a novel um um but who knows who knows it's difficult difficult to say yeah i mean the the interest in um like the the original um ipad was 680 grams the second generation was 601 grams and the third generation is 650 grams. So it's actually, the weight is, is approaching the original iPad um, again. So, I mean, I know from having had the iPad 1 and, and iPad 2, the weight difference was noticeable. So 
even though it's such a small amount, it is actually it was actually a, notice, a noticeable weight difference. So I'm sure this will actually, if you've used the iPad 2, you'll probably notice the weight difference to the iPad 3, even though it's such a small amount. I think when you're just holding it so lightly in your hands, really, and you're not like carrying it around like a bag or, or whatever, you know, you're actually holding it with not a lot of force. Um, you probably will notice it, I think, which is a shame because um, I was I was hoping it would be lighter but thicker. That's kind of that was my. I was hoping it was like the thickness of the iPad One, um, but a little bit lighter. But that's it's actually the same, pretty much the same thickness um, as the as the iPad Two. Um, it is slightly thicker, but not so much that you'd notice. Um, but unfortunately, it's a little bit heavier. And I mean, let's face it: to, to Apple, the e-reading element of the iPad it really isn't. The biggest deal for them. I know that I know that iBooks is kind of it's it's okay, but it's not it's not really um, it's not really taken the publishing industry quite by uh, the Jaffers in the same way that Amazon has the publishing industry mm-hmm. by the Jaffers. Um, it's not a big deal because the iPad, of course, is so much more. And this is why this is why I guess you know to a degree this conversation we're having now is still relatively redundant because they're not really you don't if someone is if someone wants to buy an e-reader they don't buy um, they don't I, I personally don't think it's a choice between something like an iPad and and something like a Kindle. No, if all you want to do is read a book. Read, read a book so then then buying an ipad is the wrong device like even with the retina because you're paying five times as much nearly um four or five times as much than you'd need to and for something that isn't really um designed to do that um specifically it's not exactly. designed to do that uh, as in the same way that the kindle the kindle is so i don't really I've, I've kind of always said this they're not really it's not really a fair comparison because they are entirely different products i guess my i guess my point and the reason i brought that up was just because i think with the retina display it would actually be nice to read on i think that the the uh, i think reading in a full-length novel on the certainly the first generation ipad um after a while is a bit of a chore if you if you're if you're reading for more than i don't know 20 minutes you start to notice that you're holding something that's actually you know a bit of metal um or whatever it's made of i don't know um, uh, whereas you don't really get that with the Kindle, you just you, it's you know it's like a paperback book. You just it's 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 just there. It's not taking up any kind of uh, uh, you, you're just not aware of it, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, 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 that that was the reason I brought it up. I just think that with the Retina display, it would actually be just much nicer to read. But actually, I don't really, I still don't really think that they are comparable products. Something like the Kindle or the Nook to the iPad. I think they are different things. Indeed. Um, I don't think I really have anything to add apart from the iPad. Apart from if you can if you can afford one, then you probably ought to give it a try. But they are quite expensive. It's um you know there are a lot. It's it's strange. It, it, I find because the, the numbers are kind of staggering. How many iPads have been sold? I bet you have them to hand, don't you? Give us a quick reminder. Oh, hang on. I can bring them up very quickly, but you will need to wait for me to do that. So um, fifteen fifteen point six million in the last quarter of. You you did have that number down. Well, I didn't have out. it down. I had that in the old brain box, ready to go. Oh wow! So I thought I'd give you a chance to uh, wow us. But no, I, I couldn't do that. Um, that's the only figure I have. <laughs> I don't have good, any others. It's a good figure. But there's been a lot of there's been an awful lot of iPads sold, and obviously it's all over the news. But I'm still I still, and this this is going to sound slightly ridiculous because there have been so many sold. 
but I'm still not sure that they are um, uh, in the mainstream in the way that iPods uh, ended up being mainstream. Everyone had an iPod at uh, some point. Let me and put that number into perspective for you, Ian, and then you can make your decision after I give you this fact. Um, that 15.5 million is more um, than any PC manufacturer sold in any PC line in the last quarter. Yes. No, I'm, I'm aware of that, and that's why I said it's slightly ridiculous what I was about to say. Okay, sorry. I don't know, but, I, but I do, you know, I take your point. Of course, they are mainstream. Um, I, I guess what I, I guess what I'm... Basically, I judge that on whether my mum and dad want something and <laughs> because they're useless, and they only, they only become aware of something technological when it's, when it's kind of... They know that everyone else has got one, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I guess my point is there is so much market... Uh, share still to go it's going to be when when it gets to the point where my mum and dad have one <laughs> then i know they've really made it this apple company i've heard about yeah i'm um, going to be handing over my ipad to to my mum she's going to take mine there you go and i suggested selling my ipad to my parents <laughs> i did i did um initially suggest selling it um but I do want her to have it, and she didn't want to buy it, so I'm, I'm going to give it to her. But she does want one, but she just didn't want to, to pay £6,000 for it like I was asking. So <laughs> my, dad, my dad did also buy one quite recently as well. I mean, that was a big shock to me. I mean, my mum wanting one is, you know, because she's, she's smarter than my father. Um, I was very, very surprised to find out my dad had bought what he calls his pad. That's nice. What he, calls it. he just calls it pad. It's like he forgets the eye. Poor, I like poor, it. Poor soul. <laughs> well, maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe maybe it has got to the point where lots and lots of normal people um, are are buying are buying them and and have them. And um, I guess I thought that perhaps those num- the numbers, amazing and incredible though they are, were skewed quite a lot towards the to the US. Perhaps I, I don't know. I'm, it sounds like I'm probably wrong. But uh, I, it's as I say, if you if you can uh, get hold of one of the new ones, I think that I think it will be a pretty. Uh, unique um experience yeah i agree i mean my uh, my um i say that I, I say all this but actually when, when we went uh, went to dublin uh, over christmas and i did a very um i didn't have a clipboard or anything i did a very sort of much uh, a mental check of uh, what everyone was reading with um on the ferry because i couldn't read myself because i was trying my very best not to be sick everywhere um and uh uh, there was, I would say, about of all the people reading, of which there were quite a lot, about ninety percent of them were reading actual paper books. There was, I think, I saw one Kindle, and and then I saw several iPads. Actually, not with people reading, but it was with people with uh, kids who were, I guess, playing with the uh, on games or watching films and stuff like that. So maybe everything I've just said was entirely wrong, and we should somehow find a way of editing it out without anyone noticing. Well, my 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 sort of mental also non-clipboarded surveys say that like because i use the tube quite a lot in london mm. and it's mainly kindles yes um as opposed to even books like paperback books yeah I see more kindles and even though i'm very much entrenched in technology if i ever see anybody reading or doing anything on an ipad really and on the tube i kind of think they're a bit of an idiot and a little bit flash yeah especially if you see somebody if i see somebody reading a book on an iPad, and it's like it's so big and bright, and you just look kind of flash, really. 
There is something slightly ridiculous about it. I was went went for a meal last night, and there was someone having uh, a meal behind us, and they got an iPad out and was just. I don't know. I don't know what they were looking at, but they were just sort of using their iPad at the table, and it did. I, I kind of, I kind of thought, oh, okay, <laughs> someone's got an iPad. I got your number. Yeah, so look at them, eh? Show off. That's what I thought. I didn't say that. But I remember when I got my when I got my original iPhone, I kind of didn't want to get out in public. Well, you don't get mugged either. I remember when everyone no. started using iPods, it was like, oh, you you can't when you when you get your iPod, uh, your iPod, you must must not use your white headphones. You must get some different headphones <laughs> because if you have white headphones, you will get mugged and they will take everything you have on you, including your iPod and your wallet and uh, and your identity possibly as well. Is this a direct quote from from uh, your mum to you? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. So, so anyway. Facebook. Yep, Facebook. Okay. So, Facebook. Um, Facebook kind of, um, most, most people have a Facebook. I mean, I mean if, if anything's, if any piece of technology or any platform is mainstream, then it's Facebook. Uh, most people have a Facebook profile. Most people, I think, have one that they kind of tend to use just with their friends and family, so they don't really use it in the same way as they use Twitter necessarily. Um, but Facebook pages are kind of a different thing. And most, um, a lot of websites like uh, or blogs like Write for Your Life, for instance, and lots of others that I can think of, they will have a, a Facebook page that people can like and and they can you can sort of you can do what you like with it, really. You can um, put out all your links to all the posts that are on the actual blog or or you can uh, have special offers, all that kind of thing. I've personally not used the Right For Your Life uh, Facebook page very well at all. There are about four or... I don't, I, I don't even know how many people um, like it, but I think it's probably more than 400, something like that. Um, and that's quite a lot of people to be able to say nice things to and to communicate with, and yet I still never really do it. Um and I should do is what I'm guess I'm kind of saying, but also I, uh, not just people who have blogs, but if you're an author, uh, then it just makes sense for you to have a Facebook page. One of the things I've said before, uh, and I've said this to, uh, I've said this to, uh, at work to clients and I say it to, um, I've said it to other writers or even just friends who want to, uh, for some reason, promote themselves in some way. Um, but they're not sure about using Twitter. I've always said, um, I've always kind of said, well, you don't have to use Twitter um, or, or have a blog, I guess, or have a website in order to do business or to promote yourself. But when that opportunity is there, why in the heck would you not? It's just like, it's kind of such a, such a simple thing to do to set up a Twitter account or, uh, and it's even quite simple these days to set up a very simple website or blog. That sort of marketing opportunity as a either small business or a or a freelance person, whatever it might be, it seems crazy not to take the opportunity when it's so easy to to do or, or even to learn how to do it. And yet, I've never really followed that kind of um, that kind of uh, thinking through to Facebook. I don't know why. It's very odd that I've never done that. But basically, what I'm saying is that I'm going to try and change that. So um, uh, thinking about um, 
the coming year and hopefully being published and uh, and I've talked on audiobooks I do my little audiobooks I've already mentioned on there I'm not sure if this is an announcement for the Right for Your Life podcast maybe it is but I'm thinking of changing Right for Your Life the blog to ianbroom.com um, or .net actually they'll all point to one another that's one of the terrible things actually about about this whole thing if I change my website to ianbroom.net I've got to th- because of my stupid spelling, I've probably got to buy about 50 domain names to make sure that they all point to the right place. Yeah, you've got to have Ian with um, just I-A-N, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then you've got to get Broom without the E. Yeah. Oh, what a shame, man. It's, it's going to cost a fortune. It's going to be very expensive for you. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I'm thinking of, that's what I'm thinking of doing. So, what, right, to, to get, actually get to the point of what I'm saying... There's something you need to know about Facebook usernames because I've I've come one heck of a cropper over the last couple of days. Basically, I've uh, Facebook have usernames, so when you first sign up to any Facebook um, uh, account, you always get a long, complicated username or like a URL. But what you can do is then change that so that it's something readable and sensible. So I've had for a couple of years, and this is my personal Facebook account that I just use with friends and family. I've had facebook.com forward slash Ian Broom, nice and simple. But of course, now I'm what I'm doing is I'm setting up a Facebook page for Ian Broom, in inverted commas, the author. So what I thought, this is going to be very simple, no problem here. This is going to be a very straightforward thing to accomplish. So what I did, I thought, first things first, I've got forward slash Ian Broom. Now, it, it would make far more sense for me to have that as my author Facebook profile. And, um, and, and, and I had a look around, see what other authors were using, and they were all using mainly their, uh, their name. So I thought, forward slash Ian Broom, I've already got that on my personal account. I'll just make that my, my author account. So I set up my author page, and then I, on, as in I just sort of said, yes, I'd, li- I'd like one, and did the first few steps, put my name in, that kind of thing, as, and, and my date of birth, you know, the usual nonsense. And then I switched back to my personal account, and I said, I don't want to be forward slash Ian Broom anymore. Um, and um, so I said, I'll change my username. I thought, and that'll free it up to use it on this new author account. And then it said, well, you've got to change it to something else. I'm going to try and personify Facebook a little bit here. It's got, it's got like a northern accent. And uh, it says, well, you're going to have to change it to something else. So um, I thought about it, and I thought, well, this is just friends and family. Oh, I can't think of anything. I want to get on with this. I'm already getting a bit stressed out. I thought, um, I'll, I'll change it to Lord Broom. <laughs> Lord Broom. You know, Why is that what you'd think? Why not like Ian, like middle name or, you know, anything? Well, I just... <laughs> You know, Lord Broom, you know, it's a bit of a laugh. My friends will see it. They'll go, oh, look at him. What, what a fun idiot we're friends with. Lord Broom, oh, it's you know, very good. You know, it'll cause like a fraction of a second of amusement for three people. So I decided, you know, I'll change it to Lord Broom. That's fine. So I, I, I did that. I changed it and I, I pressed OK and Facebook said, are you sure about that? Because that's, <laughs> that's a pretty stupid name. And I said, no, it's fine. It's just friends and family. You don't need to worry about it. And um, and um, and then I thought it was a bit strange because it didn't give me the option to change the... In fact, the entire screen went a slightly different colour. It went kind of a fusty yellow colour, as if to say, you're never, ever going to be able to change this page again, <laughs> which turned out to be true. <laughs> anyway, I, at this point, I didn't know that. I just thought, oh, that's strange. I can't... Did it really go yellow? It's a sort of a slightly fusty yellow, a bit like... Um, that's weird. A bit, 
A bit like when you find um, you, you've, you've had an old picture for 30 years that your, I don't know, your like grandma gave yellow. you. Yeah, like a sepia colour. That's the kind of colour. Like um, fusty yellow. Yeah, yeah, like a fusty yellow. You can get that um, at B&Q. It's like a paint, fusty yellow. <laughs> um, anyway, so I thought, this is fine. That's Lord Broom. That's a big, big fantastic, really funny. That's going to be great. My friend's going to love that. Go back to my site, and I thought, right, new username, author, Ian Broom, professional, author, published author. This is what I want to be. This is who I'm going to be. And um, I typed in Ian Broom, so you can't, you can't have that. And I said, why on earth not? I've just, I've, I own that. I've just given it up. I'm now Lord Broom, so that I can be Ian Broom here. And uh, it says, it doesn't matter. You, you can't have it. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making out like Facebook gave me any kind of explanation, but actually it didn't. It just said username not available. And um, so I did so, a bit. Of sp- I mean, when it says that, it's even worse. Like, yes, it is because I just made it available. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I was actually pointing at a different computer as if to say, "Look, I'm over there. Look, I've just done it over there." And here, it wasn't having any of it. So I, I suddenly panicked. I thought, "Well, why? Why is that the case?" And um, and and then I looked up. It said, "Oh, you can only change your username when you've got twenty-five people liking you." And I didn't really want to announce that I got this page, but again, I thought, "Well, if I just tell a few friends and family over on my personal Facebook account to just nip over and like this thing, then I can change the username." So I did that, and you know, my friends did it. One of them swore at me on my personal account. No real reason, just that's the way they are. <laughs> and um, I I, uh, I I went back over and thought, "Right, I've got twenty-five likes." Now I can change my username, but it said, no, you still can't, you still can't change it. And it turns out, dear listener, that once you've used a username for any Facebook account, doesn't matter whether it's a personal account, a Facebook page or a Facebook group, no matter what it is, once it's been used once, that's it. You can never use it ever, Makes ever, no ever again. in sense, Broom. So it means that Ian Broom is now lost. Facebook.com slash Ian Broom is lost to everyone. And what I'm stuck with is the kind of fine but not perfect forward slash Ian Broom author for my Facebook professional look at me on a fancy writer profile and the quite ridiculous forward slash Lord Broom for my personal account. And it's just a word of warning to everyone that you should A, probably have a Facebook account. That's my advice in all of this. But also, read the instructions before you set these things up. And, and, and thirdly, yeah, you, can't, you, you can't have the username that you've chosen for your personal account, unfortunately, which seems like a terrible thing for Facebook to do. But that's what they do. I've recently had the same problem because I was once a Facebook user um, and I had facebook.com forward slash Mike Hurley and I shut... I, then got rid of that account. Didn't want anything to do with Facebook anymore. Don't like the service. Don't like what they stand for. All that, all that baloney. Um, but recently, I've, I'm applying for a job in my company um, to be in the social media advertising team. So I thought, well, I better get onto this nonsense that is Facebook again and have a poke around because I've not used it for a couple of years now. So they've made a lot of changes. So signed up, but I didn't want to reactivate that old account. Just wanted to start afresh, wanted to stay under the radar, as it were. Um, but now can't use that old name again, even though that account no longer exists. It's infuriating. It's, it's ridiculous. Also, as well, a tip. If you want to stay under the radar on Facebook, don't tell it your mobile number, 
because then what it will do is tell all of your friends that have your mobile number that you're on Facebook. I see. And then you get lots of friends requests. Yes, I kind of feel like Facebook needs to be a sort of tightly managed ship it's uh, in, a, in a different way to other social media platforms. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like it can be more free and easy. I'm not sure why. But I am quite, look- I am quite looking forward to um, using uh, Facebook as a, as a means of promoting my writing and promoting the website. I do intend to use it much more. And like I say, I mean, you know, it, what an opportunity. That's So many people are on Facebook. It's such a mainstream thing that it's... You know, I, an author, I think, could quite easily in this day and age, a new writer, they could quite easily in this day and age not even worry about having their own website. They could just have a Facebook profile that they use to, uh, that they keep up to date, that they use for, I guess, for engaging with people, for finding other interesting um, Facebook profiles, I guess, and, uh, and, and even for posting sort of slightly longer articles. It's kind of got everything you need. And the, the good thing about Facebook in its defense um, is that everyone's there. It's kind of, it's hard to ignore that simple fact when, when what you want to do is to promote yourself and promote your writing or, your, or whatever your work might be or your website. It's, it's, it's such an opportunity. That's where the people are. And um, and and so I'm looking forward to hopefully using it better, using it in a slightly different way, probably uh, much more, I guess, a much more personal way, because that's that's the thing I've always struggled to do with Facebook, really, is to find a way of making Write for Your Life the offer there, make it sort of different to the blog. I mean, just posting links to it all the time doesn't really feel that valuable to uh, the people that sort of follow the Facebook page. So I, hopefully, it being me. Um, it'll be uh, it'll give me more of an opportunity to I guess interact and and um, and I don't know gain some sort of momentum. Um, but it's uh, the other thing I want to talk about really is is connected because it's uh, this this all of this ties in with how you want to present yourself online. And now I've talked about sort of branding a little bit and before on the on the website uh, as in on Ride for Life I've written about the idea of being as a writer you had to have some kind of, um, I don't know, some kind of personal brand. It's almost like a dirty word, but I, it, it, I guess it isn't to me because I work in design, I work in branding, and so I kind of, I kind of know the different facets of it. But it can, the idea of, oh, it's, you know, having your own personal brand, it does feel a bit icky, but that, that's usually because everyone, you know, most people are quite modest, really, and quite, you know, shy and retiring and, you know, very careful about the way that they portray themselves uh, to the public it's it's all still fairly new this social media business um but unfortunately it's such an integral well unfortunately that's not quite the right word it is an integral part of being a writer now you you're expected whether you're published uh, traditionally or whether you're a self-published author um even if you're not writing even if you run let's say for instance a relatively popular network of podcasts you're a public face you have you have a public image in fact Mike, just this week, in fact, didn't I send you a, a message on Twitter asking you how tall you were? You did. You did couldn't, send me that. Saw a picture of you on um, Instagram. I couldn't believe it. Six foot, six foot tall. Yeah, that's not that tall, is it? It's not that tall, but you know, you had. My point is, my in my head, despite sort of knowing you fairly well, in in kind of not having actually met in real life terms. I had no idea that you were six foot tall. <laughs> and why would I? And, I get, and, and my point is, um, how would you have known that in my head you, you were uh, 
<laughs> a different person, I guess. Of course, it's not that big a deal. It's just height. <laughs> but it, it might not be height. It could be. It could be. Uh, I don't know. Something to do with your. It could be something to do with your personality, the way you are. You could be. You could be uh, presenting a side of yourself that you have no idea that you're you're presenting, and you don't really want to uh, be perceived in that way. So I guess that's my point. It's all about how you're perceived and the idea of being um, having some sort of personal brand as any creative person on the internet um, is is trying to manage and understand the way that you are being perceived. And the only way you can do that is to be, I guess, aware of and to try and manage the way that you put yourself across. Um, so linking this back to the Facebook thing, part of the thing I've I've been doing is trying to get some proper professional photos of me done. Um, if any of you go on, I've just realized that I've told everyone the address of this, but <laughs> never mind. If you go and look at it now, there's not much content on there, but also the picture of me is one that I've just taken quickly in front of my fireplace in my house. So I've been trying to get some professional ones done uh, over the last couple of days. And of course, it's such a dilemma, you think. I mean, I wear glasses sometimes, but not, but not always. I kind of, I don't think of myself as a spectacle wearer per se, but maybe that would tie in better with being a writer or an author of literary fiction. <laughs> Who smart. knows? Do I wear my duffel coat or do I go for a jumper? Do I, do I smile? This is the big one. Do I smile or do I look serious, for example? You so need my, to have a pen in your hand. Well, exactly. But these are all things that are kind of stupid. But actually, you don't know how you're being perceived by other people and 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 that is ultimately quite an important thing when your goal is to promote your website or sell your book and all of that combined sell yourself which is effectively what the vast majority of people um are doing when they set up a facebook page for themselves called ian broom author or whatever it is the fact of it is you know the point the point is to sell oneself um so it's tough and i don't really have any easy answers apart from to say my personal rules um for being online is to always try and be i guess um authentic or you know that sounds a bit about, I don't know, I feel a bit uncomfortable saying that I try and sound authentic because it makes me sound like I'm a nit. But I, I, I guess I mean like if someone met me in real life, then they wouldn't be surprised. They would, they would, I would just be like the person they expected them to be, uh, a sort of a, a reasonably, hopefully more rounded version of the person they heard and saw on the internet. So that's kind of what I would tr- or I try and name for is that there isn't this huge disparity between how I present myself online and, and how I actually am in real life. But it's difficult, and I've been going through this, trying to think about, you know, this picture, how should it, how should it, how am I going to present myself to the, to the wider public? And it's, um, it's a tough one. And uh, I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. I'm still getting over the fact that you're six foot tall. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's kind of quite a shocker to you this week, hasn't it? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why it affected me so much. I've, I've just, I've been awake at night. I just think six foot. That's he's taller than me. If we stood next to each other, you would be like a little bit taller than me. Yeah, that is that is a weird thing when you find out somebody is taller than you because I think naturally people don't assume that unless you're tiny, like unless you're a really tiny, tiny person. You're a really tiny, tiny person, Broom. I'm, I'm five. I'm I'm as average as can be. I think I'm five foot eleven. So I'm 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 almost as tall as you. But 
<laughs> but 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 at the same time, I can't quite believe it. It's if not it that helps, big a deal. If it helps, my um, nearly nineteen-year-old brother is six foot seven. Six foot seven. Yeah, that's it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I think technically he's a giant. Yeah, he, he looks like one. Blimey! It's scary. And he was so, yeah. he was six foot five when he was sixteen. I mean, that's really tall. That's really tall, yeah. What, what does he do without wanting to get too personal about your brother on this podcast? Studying English at university in Glasgow. No basketball? No basketball. Yeah. He should. He'd be good at it. <laughs> that's all you need, I hear, is height. <laughs> Pretty much. Would you expect me to say he's in the NBA? <laughs> no, well, I just, just assumed. <laughs> So how have you, I mean, just uh, as I've just sort of spoken on my own for about 20 minutes, mm. you've, your, your, your picture, uh, your current Twitter profile. See, I've, I've gone for the, uh, my Twitter profile for the last 18 months, months or so has been very, very, it follows all the rules. It's head and shoulders, I'm smiling, I'm looking not at the camera, slightly away from it. It's kind of all, you know, it's all, you know, all as people would expect it to be. That's kind of follows all the rules of blogging and social media. You've gone for uh, your current uh, profile, which I really like, by the way. Thank you. Is of you, well, describe it. Um, I'm wearing my headphones and microphone. You, well, I'm not wearing my microphone. Uh, I've got my microphone in front of me in the same position that it is actually right now. Um, and I have my hands over my ears and I'm screaming into the microphone <laughs> with my eyes closed. Um, but it's it's nice. It has per, it has real personality about it. It says you know it says a lot. It says a lot of things about you apart from your height. In one easy message. Yeah, I, I don't. I was. Um, I just wanted to do something. I wanted to have a, a new one, and I spent an afternoon, um, a lonely afternoon, taking photos of myself. Um, and that was the one that that came out on top. Um, one of the uh, rejects was um, I, I didn't. I was doing the same sort of pose, but had my eyes open, and they accidentally crossed. So um, that that one was quite quite a shame. Um, but yeah, that that was just kind of what I went for. I thought I'll go for something a bit a little bit crazy, and and that was what came out. It's good. I and mean, did were there any sort of internal dilemmas about how how the world would perceive you, or was it just you not that fussy? Um, well, I've no more of a nutter than people already think I am. So <laughs> I thought you can't really get much worse than this. You know, I wonder if it's something about. I wonder if it's something about being a writer, being an author, that uh, invokes a slight terror about how people perceive you and what you, what what you're supposed to look like. I think that's the key, isn't it? It's kind of what am I supposed to look like? That's what I've been thinking about because I write literary fiction. I'm supposed to be quite serious, but you know, in real life, I'm a fairly jovial, normal kind of person. I'm not walking around with a frown and all serious. Um, but yeah, but my work is serious. But is it because I, because I have, you know, I have jokes in my world as well as serious bits. The subject matter is serious, but you know there are light-hearted bits to it as well. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not completely dark. So does this mean that I have to sort of, my just should I be a stern literary author, sort of gazing into the distance, looking like I'm planning something really deep and meaningful, and then every utterance I I utter is <laughs> going to be is going to be sort of really profound because that's not that's not who I am. But that is, is that what I'm supposed to be like? And it's a real it's a real dilemma, I think. And I wonder if it, if maybe it is a writer specific thing. Do you know what? I'd like people's feedback. That's what I like. 
I'd like people to let us know exactly what they think and whether they worry about this type of thing or whether it's just me being a right old ninny about it. Well, I think it's difficult as well when um, you are essentially trying to sell yourself, not in a uh, naughty way, but, you know, you are... And this image is the image that will be out there for the world to see. Um, the same people that you want to kind of notice you is... It's a difficult... So it's, it makes it quite a quandary because it's, a, it's as well like when you're looking at something like Twitter, this image is how people recognize you. So if you're trying to publicize yourself, it has to be something like you can't, you, for example, wouldn't, it wouldn't be very smart for you to use a picture of J.K. Rowling. I mean, no, that's not going to help you at all. She has all the, she has all the marketing powers she, she really needs, I think, as well, without me helping out. Yeah, and you would really help, I think. I think so. But you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, you have to, it's a very, it's, for somebody who is not just, you know, Bob on Twitter, it's, it is quite a, a big thing. And if you are an author or an aspiring writer or whatever, you kind of, I mean, you want to have a following of people. It's a big decision to make. Yeah. And it, uh, as you say, it, that, that sort of small image is all people have to go on. That's, that's all they have. And so um, it's worth being selective about it. It's worth taking a bit of time, I suppose, to get it right. And if you think you've got it wrong and people are perceiving you in a way that you hadn't quite thought that they would, then it's no real big deal to uh, to change it, I suppose. Indeed. I've got absolutely nothing else to say. Well, then I guess we have to end. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. So, um, where can they? Let's go. You can go first. Where on earth can people find you? Um, I would say to go to go find me on that Twitter place, and I am at imike. I m y k e. And I am on Twitter at Ian Broom. I a i n b r double o m e. I'm also on Audioboo doing daily little audio nuggets at audioboo.fm slash Ian Broom. Same spelling. And of course, rightforyourlife.net is the blog of the podcast. You should definitely go and check that out. And don't what else forget, should be um, Lord Broom on Facebook as well? No, don't. That's my personal account. <laughs> do not, do not go to that account. Don't go there. Go to, if you want, if you really want to, go to Ian Broom author, and that will be very exciting over the next few months. Um, if you really want to, but I will announce that properly at a later date when I've got it all sorted. And of course, what what we want people to do is to leave reviews. We've we still we've not mentioned this. No, and we've had some. We have had some people leave some very nice reviews of the podcast, which I'm very appreciative uh, of. Um, but they always help. I never really know why. How, what, how does it? How does it affect your iTunes rankings when people leave reviews and say nice things about you, Mike? See, the the iTunes rankings are actually quite an arbitrary thing. Um, they are only made up of new subscribers every day. Um, but if you if you're getting hundreds of one star reviews. Um, Apple will not include you in the rankings, and neither will they feature you in in any of like the the pages. So, like on the new and noteworthy sections or whatever. So, if you are receiving um, reviews, you are more likely to get featured. So, it is very important for an aspiring podcaster, and even for established ones like us, because it, it means that people can help find. It help means that it helps us for people to find the show. I should make it clear though that if you do want to leave a one star review, then First of all, I don't know how you've got to this part of this podcast intact, but also just just don't listen. Don't leave a one-star review. That'll, first of all, 
may the rankings go wrong and it will also break at least one heart. I like that you said wrong. Like, we couldn't, we, we could, no way could this show be of one star quality, which I obviously agree with. But as I always say in other places, if you want to leave a negative review, obviously you can feel free to do it. But I would just suggest that people email me um, or you, and they can do that by going to 70decibels.com forward slash contact and tell us your problem because then we can actually try and work to fix it. See, I would say if you want to leave a one-star review, then don't. Or go to leave it. Leave it. I tell you that if you do want to do a one-star review, do it to a different podcast that's got nothing to do with any of us because we'll definitely be more likely to read it that way. It's like a competitor's podcast. Yeah. Let's just... leave one-star reviews on competitors. That's right. This is the call to action. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> Please go and leave one-star reviews on competitors' podcasts. Um, and five-star um, reviews on ours. I think. Yes. That's a, that's a very good system. A fair system. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. I think that's fine. I think that's a fine thing to say to people. <laughs> you can even mention us by name if you like, but but just don't just don't leave it here. Uh, in fairness, anyone that's got this far in this particular episode deserves a medal, I think. So uh, thank you very much for sticking with us, and we should probably sign off, I think. It's a good idea. Okay, well, let's speak to each other next week, shall we? Yes, bye-bye, Broom. Farewell. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. Nothing more to add. Nothing more to add. Okay, bye-bye.